This information is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended as legal or tax advice. Please consult your attorney or accountant to discuss your particular business situation. SVA's participation in this presentation is not an endorsement of the views, opinions, products or services of any of the participants, persons or entities. All SBA programs and services are extended to the public on a non-discriminatory basis. This information is as current as April 3rd, 2020. Hello everybody, I'm Evan Leong. Thanks for joining us today on the end of the week webinar to explain the most current updates for the PPP loan from the CARES app that just recently got launched last week. Our first panelist is going to be Darren Leong coming from the law office of Darren R. Leong one of the premier employment attorneys in Hawaii. Also joining us will be Jane Sawyer, who's the district director for the SBA here in Hawaii. We also have Stacy Katakura, who is the CEO of Accumulus, which is an outsourced CFO and accounting firm to handle any accounting questions. And then in the background, we have Jeff Harris, who's one of the name partners from Torkelson. Jeff will be helping us answer the questions here live in the Q&A section of the webinar. And then later on with the questions that are sent to questions at braingainhi.com, which we will answer for you as best as we can and do those pro bono. I also want to give a shout out to Buddy Leong and Coco Leong. So if you're seeing their names in any email threads, they're helping us run our back end, helping us do the technical things that are needed for this webinar, as well as the Google Drive and documents and so on. They're working around the clock here along with their online school. Okay, so without further ado, let's take it to Darren. Thank you. Thanks, Evan. So I'll use the, the Q&A uh, for questions and I see they're already rolling in. Um, I just wanted to start off um, by saying, so in these webinars we've been doing, uh, there are questions just roll in in the uh, written format. So. Um, uh, Jeff Harris, uh, who, you know, in normal circumstances would be a competitor in, in employment law field, uh, has graciously teamed up with us uh, in this, you know, in this unusual and difficult time and uh, is donating his time as well to, to answer questions. So he's going to be fully committed to answering those Q&As that are coming in while um, Stacy and I can provide uh, updates. And then also, if you have uh, emails to send in with questions uh, to questions at braingainhigh.com, um, we've now expanded that team so that uh, we can as quickly and promptly get to your questions uh, there as well. Um, so let me just jump right into it. Uh, since Monday, um, and we've been now one week exactly since the passage of this new law, uh, and uh, we are told that um, over 10,000 loans have already been processed today uh, uh, and by hundreds of banks um, and now at several billion dollars worth. Uh, so um, this is happening fast, it's happening furious, and uh, there is a, um, a rush to get uh, the PPP loans in. In the past few days, there were two pieces of guidance issued that have caused um, some clarifications and in some instances, some confusion about how to uh, apply the rules. And so we'd like to try and clarify those or at least discuss those um, today. 
the the first was a uh, was a treasury um, uh, fact sheet that came out a few days ago, which was then superseded or uh, replaced or I guess clarified by a 31 page interim final rule that the SBA issued yesterday. Um, the other thing the SBA did yesterday is they switched out the application that they're telling everyone to use. So they have uh, a new form application that they made some modifications to um, that are different than the first one. Um, so with respect to the application itself, here are some of the key differ differences that the new one has in it. Um, the new application right at the top has a section for LLCs, uh, partnerships, um, C-Corps, S-Corps, and uh, we think that is a meaningful step in answering the question that we've had over the last week as to whether those types of entities do not have employees um, uh, necessarily. Uh, they may take draws or they may take profits as partners or as um, members. Uh, do those entities count? So uh, we think that the inclusion of the you know, boxes for those entities at the top um, suggests that those will likely uh, be included. Now, nothing further has been said in terms of do I count uh, both the employee pay and uh, if I'm paid as a member, um, you know, with, if I'm both an employee uh, and an owner and I get two different payments, uh, do I count both? That has not actually been clarified. So, um, you know, there's a race to get this stuff in. And what we would say is uh, take it all to your bank, submit it to them and let them figure it out and, and sort it out. Uh, the application also um, clarifies that emergency uh, disaster loans, the EIDLs that we've talked about, um, that those uh, are to be refinanced into the PPPs, at least the portion that overlaps. So the portion of the EIDLs, if you got one, that is related to payroll um, is going to be rolled into the PPP um, and subject to the PPP maximums. If, however, you are using a disaster loan for uh, other purposes, then you, can, um, uh, then you can still hold it that way. Um, and since we have uh, Jane, I see, just joined on, I'm going to take actually a quick break because Jane is now <laughs> from place to place. So I'll let her do her quick update, and then I'll, I'll continue. Go ahead, Jane. OK. Let's see. Um, uh, <laughs> we can hear you. You're on. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry about that. Um, we're just uh, rushing around here. It's been a very busy day, and I'm pleased to announce that we really have gotten the um, program launched. Um, the uh, PPP loans uh, are going, flowing through SBA, being accepted. The banks are sending them in. Right now, well, the information that we got for 5 o'clock uh, Eastern Daylight Time, closing for most of the East Coast, SBA has already accepted over 12,000 loans. 
from 875 banks for 13, over $13 billion. So it is time this program has become a very real thing. We've thought it might be delayed, but I'm encouraging all of you who are on the phone to really uh, pay attention to the, um, the legal advice with, uh, and the, the CPA recommendations, what you need to do to submit your application. Work with your banker to get these applications in. Um, the, these loans, um, oh, sorry, it's just been rushing around with everything going on. Uh, you know, the CARES Act made um, this program available, $349 billion. So today we went through 13 um, for the Paycheck Protection Plan. And uh, we're accepting applications, started up this morning. They'll be open in June. But obviously at this rate, it's, uh, there's going to be some time needed to process. And then um, also there's a limit on the money that is currently available. Uh, seeing the kind of demand, we hope that Congress will take action if we need to get more money into this fund to help small businesses get through this pandemic and to get employees back to work and, uh, you know, all our businesses up, our economy functioning. So um, go work through your uh, SBA lender, your local lender, your, your credit union or other banking institution. They know about the program. I just got a call from one of the banks and they're sitting on about a thousand applications already, you know, that have come in over the last couple of days. Um, and that's just one out of our many banks. So they're on it, they're ready to help you to get this program through. Now, it's gonna provide capital to businesses. It doesn't have collateral requirements. You don't have a personal guarantee. SBA is gonna guarantee this loan to the bank 100%. Um, and all the loan payments will be deferred for six months. So even if this pandemic stretches out, you need to get back up and rolling. There's a little bit of time before the repayment uh, starts to kick in. There's also some loan forgiveness if you meet certain criteria. And I think you're gonna hear more about how to figure your loan amount and what the for potential for forgiveness is from some of the other panelists today. Um, this, this, the loan proceeds can go to cover your payroll costs, including state and federal taxes, other benefits for uh, over eight weeks. It can cover rent, utilities, and mortgage interest. So there's other overhead costs that will be covered as well for the term of this loan. It's 1% interest, uh, and there's a term to pay it out or pay it off for two more years. So um, it's a very, very good program. A lot of, a lot of uh, steps you need to, to take with your banker as a responsible small business owner. It's open to um, small businesses with under 500 employees, nonprofits, um, and there are even some waivers of some of those things that are you typically think of with SBA loans, like your eligibility, your affiliation, uh, and things along that line. But I apologize, the schedule is a little busy today, so I'm going to have to jump off the call and I real, uh, I can rely on these other folks to help you through this process. Um, again, there's some good websites available with information. You can go to sba.gov and it, the first thing that pops up is disaster assistance. You can find out about the PPP. You can find size standard tables that you might need. You can also still apply for the economic injury disaster loan and advance. Those are still available. Um, and they fit together with this loan program so that you can 
figure out how to cover more costs. You can't duplicate any of your expenses, but um, take a look at the programs. Um, thank you so much. You know, Evan, Darren, Stacy, thank you so much for all you're doing and let's get Hawaii back to work. Aloha. All right, thanks, Jane. Um, I'm just gonna make one quick clarification to that. So in the definition of payroll costs, it's state and local taxes, um, not, uh, not federal taxes. Um, uh, so before I pick back up with the changes to the application, um, for some of you who are saying, what are you talking about? Uh, I don't even have the, the basics of this down yet. Um, I'd point you to uh, the webinar that we did on Monday, uh, this past Monday, which is posted on the YouTube channel, um, and also our written materials. So we have a memo that we have been updating daily. We're on version six now, and after today will be version seven. So uh, that is housed on our uh, public Google Drive uh, for everyone to, to access and download and, and use as you please. So uh, the current version is version six, and that one is important because that one is the one that incorporated the new application form and also the interim final rule, okay? So those are the two resources I'd point you to. Um, so in terms of the new application, the other thing it added was a revised certification. Uh, and the certification now follows and tracks the, uh, the requirements of the statute much more closely. Um, there's another certification that's added into the statute that you will, to the extent feasible, um, uh, uh, buy American-made products. Um, and that I had not seen any reference to prior to this application. Um, and uh, a major change is that the prior form of the application required all owners of a certain percentage or more to sign, but the new one only requires one signature. So an authorized representative on the new application form uh, signs that one. Um, there still is an issue in the, um, in the instructions of the new application that is, I'm sure, to cause some confusion. Uh, which is that the, the uh, application form says that when you are calculating what your uh, loan amount is by taking the average monthly payroll, um, the application form says it's 2019 calendar year. But what the statute actually says and what the interim final rule says is it's the prior one year period, which would be one year back from today. Um, we would say provide all of it to your bank. So go back the full time to the beginning of 2019, all the way up through the present, provide all of it and let them figure out what the appropriate time uh, period is. Um, so with respect to the interim final rule, this 31 page document that was uh, issued yesterday, um, it said a number of meaningful things. Uh, one is it, uh, change the prior treasury guidance and said that these loans are 1%. They are not 0.5% as previously stated. Now everyone is settled on 1%. So it's a, to the extent that the PPP is not fully forgiven, the remainder is a 1% loan for two years with a six month deferment of the first payment. 
and interest runs during that first six months, okay? So uh, six months deferred, 1%, two years. Um, uh, there is uh, another clarification that you are only allowed to submit one application uh, and that the applications are taken and processed on a first come first serve basis. Uh, and finally, the interim final rule um, specifies that you know, if you don't have tax documents, for example, to show payroll costs, um, you could use payroll processor records um, you know, or, or whatever the most official records you can find are. Uh, so let me just uh, quickly cover uh, a few of the issues that have been coming up. Um, in, in the past few days uh, in questions and in discussions um, uh, so that I can highlight those for you. And I'll use the, the format of, of the memo, which is the, the first thing is, do I qualify, right, for a PPP? Who qualifies? Um, uh, the application form adds um, at the top LLCs, S-Corps, C-Corps, so that's encouraging for those entities. Um, and then with respect to the affiliation rules, meaning for those of you who uh, have, for your organization have under 500 employees, but uh, maybe very closely connected to another organization, maybe it's common management or ownership, that sort of thing. Uh, there's a question of whether those, those organizations need to be aggregated together, uh, which uh, SBA refers to as affiliated. Um, and if they're aggregated together, you might have more than 500 employees and therefore be disqualified. For a number of businesses, it's a very big deal because uh, if the businesses are that size, oftentimes their payroll cost is going to be over um, the maximum. So they're going to be talking about whether or not they are eligible for $10 million. Uh, SBA in the interim rule punted on that and said, we will issue some further guidance soon. So hopefully SBA will come out with further guidance. Uh, in the meantime, we are left with uh, what is a very involved um, analysis uh, under the SBA's current rules as to whether you aggregate uh, businesses together. Um, uh, we covered uh, the max calculation, which is uh, once you uh, determine that you qualify, Again, the qualifying reason needs to be uncertainty of certain of current economic conditions makes necessary the loan request to support the ongoing operations of the eligible recipient. Uh, the part of that I would focus on is that uh, the loans necessary to support ongoing uh, operations. Uh, once you get over that hurdle, the next is how much is my loan? So again, it's 2.5 times your payroll costs. Uh, and as many of you are now aware, payroll costs are broader than just the wage rate to, um, to the employee. So payroll costs, um, and we have it uh, laid out uh, specifically uh, in, the, in the memo, um, but it's things like vacation, parental, family, medical, or sick leave payments, separation allowances, uh, healthcare premiums paid, retirement benefits paid, 
uh, state and local taxes. So again, FICA, FUTA do not count, but state and local taxes count. Um, so all of those roll into payroll costs. So you take, uh, uh, in terms of <clears throat> coming up with your average monthly payroll costs, the other helpful clarification from SBA was whatever the one-year period is, um, you take that one-year period, you divide by 12, so you get one month, and then you multiply by 2.5. So it is not, it does not require taking the first month, figuring out what that is, the second month, figuring out what that is, and then doing it separately. Just take the entire one-year period, um, divide by 12, multiply by 2.5. Um, again, you have to remember that anyone paid over $100,000, you do not get to include the amounts over $100,000. So if someone has paid $125,000, you only get to include $100,000 uh, as uh, <clears throat> their payroll costs. Um, uh, one other thing that uh, is, we think, a very big deal and just happened in the last couple of days is that SBA has now said, and the Treasury has also said that uh, the most you can use of the amount that you get for non-payroll costs is 25%. Okay, so you have to use for your whatever your loan amount is, say it's $100, you have to use at least $75 for payroll costs, not rent or utilities. Uh, and I uh, uh, had a uh, good discussion uh, with a uh, prominent uh, local business owner today and talked through this issue, um, and it bears some expanding. So what we were advocating for previously, or at least saying was an option, was uh, you could you know, bring back all employees once you get the loan at 75% of their pay, and that would leave a very significant amount of money uh, after you cover eight weeks of payroll costs, right? Which is what the, the law allows. That would leave a very significant amount of money uh, for rent and utilities. You cannot do that because uh, that would exceed the amount uh, that's limited to non-payroll costs. So if you reduce all your employees to 75% pay, you're going to violate the rule that says you can't use more than 25% for rent, utilities, et cetera. Uh, when you start doing the, the back of the napkin calculations on it, it really is, there's about 5% that you could lower employee pays uh, to get to you know, the full 25%, 75% ratio that you're allowed to use. Effectively, what this 25% limitation is intended to do is to cause employers not to reduce pay. It's to cause employers to bring everyone back um, at their full pay. Because even if you do that, so if you, if you have everyone at full pay for the eight weeks following when you get this loan, um, that still leaves the extra half month of, of payroll costs that can be applied toward rent, utilities, et cetera. So uh, what it's now turned into is if you are getting this money, it's money to float your entire payroll costs for two months and then 
and then float rent and utilities in an amount roughly equivalent to half a month of payroll. Okay. Um, you should keep in mind still that uh, getting the loan early is important because the uses that are permissible for this money, they expire on June 30th. So even if you are still in your eight week period to, um, for, for forgiveness purposes, right? So if you get, say, you get a loan on June 1st and for forgiveness purposes, uh, what the law says is you have eight weeks that you can use to pay payroll. Uh, however, you only have till June 30th for permissible use of the money. So what it ends up boiling down to is it's the earlier of June 30th or um, eight weeks. Uh, this has not gotten a ton of, of press or attention um, in the publications we've seen from other um, firms or entities, um, but uh, just keep that in mind. So it, it makes getting a loan, say, in early June, even though you know, it's before the deadline to get a loan, it makes it very risky because you don't have enough time to use it. So all the more reason that uh, you uh, should be you know, applying and getting that loan early because at the latest, you'd want to have this loan money in hand by about the last week of this month. So, uh, and we don't know still how fast the processing is going to be. Uh, we are very, very encouraged by um, how fast the banks have gotten up to speed and how fast um, uh, the SBA has, has opened its portals and stuff. But in reality, the money is not actually in anyone's hands yet. So once we start to see that, you know, the first in-hand money was whatever, one week after the loan, then we'll be very encouraged. But if it's several weeks after, you know, and then there's a big backlog, because uh, I think as Jane said, there were already 12,000 loans or something like that today. Um, you know, they may not be able to keep up with that backlog. So all the more reason to get this, uh, get these applications in, both so that you can, you know, get the money and put it to use immediately, and also because if you get it too late, uh, you're going to be restricted and not be able to use it. Um, the last issue that comes up or has been coming up over the past few days, over and over and over, is uh, the one related to full-time equivalent employees. Uh, so in terms of getting full forgiveness of your loan, uh, you are required to keep the average monthly full-time equivalent employee count um, for the eight weeks after you get your money. Um, you have to keep the same number as a look-back period. Um, and it, if you recall, there are two different periods of time that you can use as the measuring stick. One is the first two months of this year, and the other one is, is a February to June period of 2019, or mid-February to mid-June period. So um, in calculating uh, whether you are meeting the number of employee headcount necessary, the correct uh, term is full-time equivalents. 
That unfortunately has not yet been defined by the SBA. We have some analogs in other statutes such as the Affordable Care Act uh, where uh, for a full-time equivalent, it's essentially a, a calculation of, of combining the hours of part-time employees until they meet a certain number of hours. Like if you have two 15-hour um, part-time employees, that makes one full-time employee. We don't know if that's going to be how it works yet because uh, no one has said how to count full-time equivalents. Uh, the SBA has also said in its uh, interim final rule yesterday that it intends to release further guidance on how to calculate forgiveness. What we interpret that to mean is that they are going to, to clarify this issue, but you know, this all has come out in record time. I mean, SBA rules on this came out six days after the law got passed. And so they're doing the fastest, the, the most pressing thing that they need to do, which is uh, defining payroll costs because they need to figure out what amount each of your loans is. And so that's where SBA, in our opinion, has put its uh, energy and focus. I think once we get past this stage, then they will turn to uh, the forgiveness portion and helping people understand exactly how to meet the forgiveness standards. Um, but for now, essentially, we do not have guidance on what a full-time equivalent employee is. Uh, so with that, I will uh, pass it to Stacy, and I see that, um, uh, there's more questions uh, up, and so I'll help Jeff answer some of these written questions. Okay, so I um, I wanted to I see this question coming up a lot, so I just wanted to start by answering a couple of them. Um, the the um, the funds, as as Jane mentioned at the beginning, uh, the fund there's 349 billion dollars of uh, funds that were appropriated for this, and uh, roughly 13 billion has been released today. Um, so, and the, with the clarification uh, yesterday, um, the funds are available on a first come first serve basis. So I I don't know if I would want to wait on getting your applications in because I, the longer you wait, the, the more likely you are that the funds might not be available. Um, so ha having said that, I just, um, one of the things that I wanted to kind of go over um, is the use of the, 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 the funds. Um, I, I wanted to highlight the difference between uh, the, the PPP loans and the EIDL loans. And if you think about, if you just take a step back and think about what the acronyms stand for, it makes you kind of easier for you to decide which program or a combination of the two are best suited for your, your needs. Um, so again, you can apply for, you can apply for and utilize both loans as long as they aren't used for the same purpose. Um, PPP stands for uh, Paycheck Protection Program, and it was intended for just that, to preserve payroll and jobs at the levels prior to the disaster. And the funds are to be used primarily to cover payroll costs, um, but it can also, as Darren went over, it can also be used for rent, mortgage, uh, utilities. EIDL stands for Economic Injury Disaster Loan, and it was intended to supplement business, businesses who um, have experienced economic injury in the form of revenue losses. So while the EIDL can, can also be used for payroll, it can also be used to replay, repay obligations that cannot be met due to revenue losses. 
Um, so for example, if you are a restaurant, you might want to use a, the P3 loan to bring back your employees and use a, portion of, uh, use a portion of the proceeds to catch up on your rent and utilities. However, the P3 funds are not permissible to be used to pay your food vendors, um, suppliers, or consultants. Um, and if you have, been, have vendors that you've been unable to pay, you might want to consider to also applying for the, uh, for the EIDL. Um, some of the things, uh, another, uh, some other questions that, um, that have come up is, uh, again, where do I uh, apply for the loans? Um, the PPP loan, you go, you would have to work uh, with your local bank. Um, I, I've gotten a lot, a lot of questions of, you know, which bank should I go to? Um, and I think you don't have to go to the bank that you currently bank with, but um, I think it's easier if you do because they all, they, they've already captured all of your information. Um, and with just with the stay at home orders and everything, um, just social distancing, I think if you, if you don't go to a bank that you um, that you currently bank with, you might have to go down to the, the bank to actually sign, open a, an account and sign some forms. Um, so just something to take, in, to take into consideration. Um, with, and I also wanted to go through a little bit about the process of the EIDL, um, the EIDL loans. Um, so up until last week, uh, this, the SBA website was um, extremely slow um, and it crashed a few times. Um, over the weekend, the SBA upgraded their website and, um, and introduced a much, a much more streamlined process than what was previously available. Um, and I think they had to upgrade their website, uh, not only to accommodate the volume, but um, they also added the feature to be able to apply for the, uh, the emergency uh, EIDL grant of $10,000 that was made available with the passage of the CARES Act. Um, so now when you, um, when you, if you want to take advantage of the grant, uh, you would go through the SBA website to um, apply. It's a very, it's a very streamlined application process. It's a two-page um, application, um, and uh, it's um, it, you should be prepared. I think the most difficult part of it, um, or the most work that you might have to do, in, in addition to trying to get your um, gathering your your business information. Uh, um, ID numbers and whatnot, um, but that request, you have to be prepared to submit your financial data for the period of February 2019 to January 2020. Um, and that, so it's not a standard reporting period, so you might have to do a little bit of calculation, um, but pre be prepared to report your gross revenue, your cost of sales and operating expenses. Um, now, I think the, uh, there's, there's, there's language on the application um, that the information you're providing allows the SBA to determine your eligibility for the loan. So it's not the actual application. Um, there's also not an area to include how much of a loan you want to request. So presumably, if you're determined to be eligible, the SBA will contact you to negotiate the size and the term of the loan. Um, so while you're waiting for that, I would still um, I would still gather your your documents necessary for to to be able to apply for the loan, which was the um, your personal financial statements, uh, some of your your business information and whatnot. Uh, but with the, at the end of the two page application, the you'll see that there's an area for you to um, to check a box to to to, um, to and fill and complete your banking information to uh, request the the ten thousand dollar advance. Um, 
I did want to go over, I think on Monday's webinar, I didn't really uh, go over the, some of the tax, um, the tax relief provided by the CARES Act. Um, there is one thing that I wanted to point out. Um, that there was a, um, the payroll tax deferral that was made available with the, um, the CARES Act, and it allows, um, it allows taxpayers to defer paying the employer's portion of the, type, uh, the, <clears throat> of the FICA tax, the 6.2% through the end of 2020, um, with all deferred amounts due in two equal installments, one at the end of 2021 and the other at the end of 2022. Um, and this would apply to any taxes due after last Friday uh, when the CARES Act passed. Um, and the reason why I haven't talked about this too much is because um, taxpayers that have had their, um, their P3 loans forgiven are excluded from this benefit. Um, so I just wanted to, to point that out. If you were thinking of taking advantage of it, um, you would exclude yourself from from uh, from loan forgiveness. Um, I think that's kind of all I wanted to cover. So maybe we can we can go through some of the Q and A and um, and try to address some of the questions that have come up. Yeah. So um, we came much closer this time. I think we're thirty two through uh, forty. So again, a big Thanks to uh, Jeff and the Corkleton Law Firm for jumping in and, and helping us out. Um, I will just uh, point to, again, to our resources. So, um, you know, we've been, uh, as a community, uh, business community, we've been hammering at this and figuring it out uh, for the last week. Um, getting up to speed on a 800-something uh, page bill and getting it out to the entire Hawaii um, business community in one week uh, was a monumental uh, goal. Um, but we think this information has gone far and wide. That said, it, it has resulted in dozens and dozens of very, very legitimate questions. So. Uh, a couple practical um, tips. Uh, one is to the extent that you are confused and have questions, um, refer to our uh, resources. So one is our memo for employers on the Google Drive that we update daily. We're going to update it again today. Um, the other is you can email questions to questions at braingainhigh.com. And uh, what we put together is essentially uh, what, what I've never seen in Hawaii before, which is a, a group of, of employment lawyers and accountants um, who are devoting hours and hours of pro bono time to try and answer your questions. So please send your questions there and we'll do our best to clear that inbox every single day and get back to you. We know that for each of you, and your, uh, in your particular situations that it's extremely pressing and, and uh, time sensitive. So we are doing our best and uh, it's also why we've expanded the team to try and answer your uh, questions in that fashion. Um, the one other place where you can go is this webinar and the Monday webinar that we had earlier that gave the basic overview are on the YouTube channel. 
So uh, you can watch those and on YouTube, you can watch them in 1.5 or two times speed so you can get through the information faster. Um, but that uh, in combination, it's our hope that that should uh, for 90 something percent of the business community should be able to answer your questions and put you in a position to know whether to submit these PPPs and to get them submitted. Uh, the second piece of um, sort of practical uh, advice here is, you know, if you haven't started and you're like, what do I do? Um, then uh, here are the, the sort of steps to take. It is, uh, identify your bank and find out immediately if your bank is already up and running to accept PPP applications. Then uh, contact your banker and also go ahead and fill out uh, and gather the information. So fill out the application form that your bank is asking you to fill out and also gather the information that they are asking for. Uh, almost certainly that information is going to be payroll records, whether it's in the form of 941s or in the form of other tax filings. Uh, and if they don't have tax filings, then uh, payroll processing records. And if you don't have payroll processing records, then I would say uh, the best that you got, whether it's bank records or QuickBooks or other accounting or bookkeeping software reports, uh, just gather the best that you can and uh, provide it to your bank uh, and get that application in as, as soon as you can. Because even after it's approved, and this goes also for the EIDLs, is um, you can always decline it. So uh, the issue is that this is a time-sensitive um, program. Um, as you can see, there's uh, there are billions of dollars in the system in just less than 24 hours. And uh, Congress committed you know, to try and get out $350 billion into the business community and economy as fast as it could. So there is uh, uh, some speed uh, required uh, of this. Um, uh, with that, I will kick it back to either Evan or Stacy. Do you have anything? Otherwise, I see that there are a number of questions that we did not get to. Um, uh, Evan will try to capture them. I think the last time there was uh, some issue with that. So I would say if your question has not been answered, then email it and we will try to get it answered as uh, fast as possible. I do, see uh, and, go ahead. I do see a lot of questions about the independent contractors and sole proprietors, so maybe we just take a second to address them. So independent contractors and sole proprietors are eligible to apply for both the, um, both the PPP loans as well as the EIDL, EIDL advance. Um, so I would go ahead and um, and try to try to take advantage of those to the extent you can. The PPP loans you would go to your bank um, again, and then the EIDL loans go to the SBA website. So with that, um, you know, uh, we we certainly wish you guys all the best. We know that it's a you know uncharted territory, and we are here. Uh, uh, 
Evan and his and his team and Stacy, uh, Jeff and I, uh, and perhaps an even further expanded team in the near future. We are here to try and help you guys through this uh, because we know that is uh, is unprecedented for the business community. So thank you guys so much and have a great weekend.